Oh, hello, guys. Oh, hi. I'm all, oh, my life as we start. <laughs> That's a way to introduce ourselves. Or, um, I'm Shelby. I'll say we haven't introduced ourselves in a long time. I'm Kenzie. Mm-mm. And this I'm is Heckle and Shy. Yeah. Also, if Look you're newer and you haven't subscribed and reviewed on the podcast, I don't know what the fuck you are doing with your life, for one. For two, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. If you want to get in the closed group, you have to type in these magical words. They're, it's called spiritual condom. I am so sick of everyone asking to get in the group that is not typing in the words. <laughs> My favorite ones are like when they put a question mark or they or they come up with their own. I'm like, okay. It's not. No. Yeah, sure. Go. You, you sure listen. Go away. <laughs> that or like they dead ass fucking haven't. Yeah, exactly. They obviously haven't, or at least not to newer ones. Mm-mm. Oh my god, okay, 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 okay. So, I didn't know that you weren't allowed to send photos of the inmate right. to the inmate. Okay? Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, okay. they sent the whole fucking letter back. Keep it, but listen, so Tyler had called me, so I sent the letter. Mm-hmm. Tyler called me, and then I sent another letter. Okay. Okay. So, Tyler didn't know that rule. Mm-hmm. Cause he didn't say anything to me and then obviously I didn't know it, but by the time I had gotten the first letter back saying that I couldn't do it, I had already sent the second letter with other pictures. Okay. Oh, so when he called me yesterday, he goes, I really need you to stop sending pictures of us together. He's like, they keep bringing me fucking hate mail and I'm going crazy over here. And I was like, what the fuck is hate mail? He's like, they bring me this little pink slip that says who wrote me the letter and that I can't have it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no. He's like, I haven't been allowed to see any of your letters so far. So you just stop. And I was like, kid, that's taunting for him. Right. Well, I told him, I was like, that doesn't make sense. The last pictures I sent, I sent in a completely different envelope. They weren't in the same envelope as the other letter. So you should get the other letter unless they've just decided to fucking blacklist me entirely because they're they're butthurt. Shelby Dick. Right. So like, I don't know. Um, he was not happy. He was like, I told them if they don't fucking stop bringing me hate mail when it comes to your letters, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, all right, hate you'll mail. be fine. That's awesome. That's what he called me. He called me with this fucking hate mail every time. He's like, I get so fucking mad every time they walk over with that thing because I know it's yours. He sees that pink slip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He gets really mad. No one ever him. likes any pink slips. Pink slips are never a good thing. Well, apparently he's gotten like other letters. Oh, really? Yeah. So I told him, I was like, well, I really did send you one. That didn't have anything in it except a letter. Yeah. It actually sent, like, and the one they sent back, the big fucking huge ass long one, mm-hmm. I sent it back with no pictures. Okay. So, like, he should be getting, like, a 22-page letter and then, like, a six-page letter and then, like, a three-page letter. Jesus, and yeah. Watch him get it all, like, in one today day. and tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got a lot of reading to do. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Because none of those had pictures in it. Yeah. So. Well, I'm fucking exhausted. I went to a bachelorette party in Wendover for Gabby's bachelorette oh. party. Oh, oh, it was so much fun. Congratulations, Gabby. Yes, congratulations, Gabby and Ashley. That's the wedding. That's this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her fucking fiance is so goddamn cute. Oh, I love them They're both so cute together. So much. Yeah. I you, like. I went through a little bit of Gabby's page, and I was like, oh my god, they're cute as shit. You got to do the Facebook stock. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I'm a professional at that. Same. <laughs> Same. That's so bad. But yeah, you should see them together in person. They're fucking adorable. Are they? Oh my god. I'm, I always tell them, I love your love. Uh. I do. I love it so much. They're so cute. cute. But yeah, I'm physically exhausted, so. Oh boy. Let's let's do my best here. So every single one of my pregnancies has been different. Uh-huh. But like this one is fucking me up tired-wise. 
Yeah. Like, I basically wake up and I just start yawning. Well, fuck. You never get a good night's sleep. No, it's not that I'm not sleeping. It's just that I'm making a child, so I'm always fucking tired. So, you know, your body is, like, working extra hard. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And (laughs) And then I had the whole fucking migraine shit that almost tried to kill me. Um... But the doctor thought that it might be due to, like, dehydration. Mm. I thought I was drinking enough water. Like, I have been doing nothing but fucking pounding water. Yeah. Apparently, wasn't enough. They say half your body weight in ounces of water per day. Yeah. Not when you're pregnant. It's, like, double that. Right. So, so just dumb. typically that's what they say. That's a good base point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, pregnant-wise, I'm supposed to drink, like, nine of these a day. Mm. Um, I was doing that. But I don't... Still wasn't enough for you. Mm-hmm. Nope. I've had to start adding liquid IVs every other day. Really? Yeah, because you know what the liquid IVs do? Mm. Do you know what they do or mm-hmm. no? So yeah. a liquid IV, it's this little powder packet, but you pour it in 16 ounces of water, and it's like drinking three water bottles in one. Oh, shit. So like every other day, I'm doing that, but I'm still drinking nine of these, Yeah. but I'm also adding the packet yeah. um, so that I'm like trying to stay on top of the, de- the staying hydrated. Yeah, that's a lot. Being pregnant's the fucking most, dude. So really quick before you get going, so your your leggings, your is that it's supposed to be a skull, right? Like a deer skull. Yeah. It looks like the woman's reproductive ovaries or an Aries thing. This one. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that's I've been We're seeing. We're gonna have like, to take a picture of these leggings to show you guys. Right. Because I'm so I'm definitely seeing like a woman's reproductive organs right uh, there. Well, you're the first person that's literally ever said that, so maybe you're just gonna get pregnant because maybe it's like in my head. Before I got pregnant, like you can even ask Casey. We'd be out and about, and we were seeing like one time we turned around and there was this fucking little bag of like congratulations, it's a boy, like <laughs> fucking sign thing at Target, and then like. It was just the most random shit. Anytime him and I'd be together and we'd turn on the TV, there was some kind of baby commercial. Weird. Anytime him, like, it was super weird. Synchronicity, yo. All fucking <laughs> over the place, dude. It was crazy. All over the place. Mm-hmm. All up in your face. Did you like what I did there? I did. You yeah. rhymed it a little yeah. bit. A little bit of a rapper. Right. Kind of made me Not uncomfortable. Not a good one, but, but it's okay. Well, yeah. Everything does, Shelby. It's okay. It, I know. It fucking does. I've never called you Shelby oh. before. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I didn't hear it, okay. so. <laughs> okay, I said it, and the whole word You're didn't like, come out. I'm all, oh, Shelb. Okay, I'll run with it. <laughs> um, it's funny. One of Casey's friends stopped by the other day, and he called me Shelbs. Shelbs? <laughs> um, which my mom called me, and oh, that's cute. like, like it's weird. Unless people knew me when they knew my mother, mm. I don't like that. Right. I think there's only one one person in my bubble, like her name's Brittany, mm. that calls me Shelbs because she knew my mom since, like, that age. Right. Tyler doesn't even call me Shelbs. He yeah. knew my mom too. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one's weird for me. What was I going to tell you something? I don't know. Oh, I helped you lose it. God. Whatever. <laughs> You'll remember like mid-story. <sighs> yeah. I do that yeah. all the time. <laughs> okay. So, so look, just look at this. Just. Strap in, folks. We're in for the long haul. I'm hoping that it won't take me too long. Because you don't interrupt me as much as I interrupt you. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my kid's asleep on the couch. I know my end up being my page. Oh, I usually have oh that. Like, I do remember. Perfect. <laughs> I'm dying. You're going to hate this. Oh, <clears> yay. 
Casey has decided that the gender reveal we are not making public, and uh-huh. nobody will find out what I'm having until I have the baby. Oh, that's cool, though. Only him and that's I. That's so special. And the kids will know what it is. Well, it's going to suck for people for baby shower. Everyone's just going right. to have to get gender neutral shit. I'm just going to get you a gift card. Wise. Um, but, like, here's the thing. When I was telling him that, he's like, whatever, babe. You like black and gray anyway, so who fucking cares? I was yeah. like, okay. It's fair, though. <laughs> I just wasn't happy. I think it's cute. I think that's so romantic. Yeah, so apparently we're not I mean, sharing the gender. Me, I'm a little butthurt, but like, I'm hey, fine. Well, I'm just kidding. he's genuinely nervous because I have, I am going to be incredibly angry if I don't have a boy. Mm. So he I think like, I'll be able to just tell. Well, he was like, I'm being like, if it's not a fucking boy mm. and there's people around or we tell people, you're just going to be pissed. Mm. He's like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> as soon as you find out and I want to come over and record and I'm just going to like watch you. And I'm going to, like, say little things and see how you react. So I want to figure out. I'm I want to really, do some investigative work on I'm really on good own. at keeping secrets. I'm really good at getting secrets out. Get <laughs> or, on, motherfucker. Or smile at each other right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get ready for this one. Oh, God. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So this is how I'm going to start it. The interviewer asked this question. What did you want them to think of as they died? His reply was, to see my pretty face, take it to them to the last thing they ever saw was me. And if they carry that glimpse to eternity or infinity or whatever it is, they're going to be thinking of me all the time. Is it it a girl? It's not. Oh my God, I thought it was. I wanted a girl serial killer. Don't worry. I have one on my list and she's crazy. I've done kind of two. The soap bitch and then the baby bitch. This one's crazy. Oh, yay. I'm doing someone named Richard Kuklinski. I don't even know if I've known the same. You'll, you'll, you're either going to click or you're going to be like, no. Okay. So he is said to be the most prolific hitman in mafia history. Oh, mafia. Okay. He was also known as the Iceman. Iceman. Okay. 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 I, I do know that part, that name. He was born April 11th, 1935 in Jersey City, New Jersey. Richard was born at his family apartment on 4th Street in New Jersey to a Stanley Kuklinski, who was a Polish immigrant, and Anna McNally, daughter of Catholic Irish immigrants. Unfortunately, his mother's parents did pass away, so she was raised by nuns after her parents died and grew up being beaten by them and molested by priests. Um, Because, you know, that's what God wishes upon Everyone, for religious purposes. Um, so, I know, I'm going to be such a fucking cunt this whole episode. It's, oh. His, you don't have to cunt less, it's fine. No, I'm not going to. Perfect. I'm going to cunt all the way. Do it. Cunt more. I'll allow it. Okay. His father was a brakeman for the railroad, and his mother would have random jobs throughout his life and finally settle working at a meatpacking plant, which just fucking sounds raunchy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You should imagine fucking packing meat all day. Packing meat all day. Like, the only kind of meat I could pack all day would probably be dicks. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just packing the sausages and the little things. (laughs) Not at all what I meant. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's going to be fine. So, Kuklinski, unfortunately, grew up in an incredibly abusive home. His father was an alcoholic and would repeatedly beat him throughout his childhood. And his mother was also extremely abusive and sometimes would beat him so aggressively with the handle of the brooms that they would break off after smashing them over his body. Oh, my God. 
His fear of his father ran so deeply at the time that hearing his voice would cause him to literally wet his pants, which would piss his father off more. Right. So he would then beat him more. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so fucking sad. Yep. Kuklinski said in an interview, he recalled an incident in his preteen years when his mother attempted... I've got still murder. pages here, guys. Huh? <laughs> I was finishing your sentence, but it was all right. What did you say? Murder? Yeah. You're not wrong. Okay. To kill his father by stabbing him with a kitchen knife. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Told you I'm a psychic. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> um, and this is literally in my notes. This crazy bitch was apparently super Christian and believed in strict discipline and strict religious views, values, and upbringings. But not on murder? No. Okay. Apparently, if you piss it off, you can kill it, which sixes um the dad was a fucking piece of shit so i'm sure that like she was reaching that point but she was abusive to the kids as well yeah so like she wasn't that much better no right she was a whole bag of ass whole bag of ass (laughs) bags of ass (laughs) great (laughs) all the visuals um oh god right it's not good ass that i'm seeing in this no i feel like hairy not like acne (gasps) ass Oh, your face was so worth every single thing I just said. Perfect. So glad I said it. Um, so she raised Kuklinski with these views and upbringings. He was raised in the Catholic Church, where he would later become an altar boy. Though, in his adult life, Kuklinski would reject the Catholic Church. As a young boy, he was incredibly cruel to animals mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Um, he would actually tie tails together of cats mm. and then with like with rope and throw them over clothing lines to watch them tear each other apart oh my god he would also put live cats into the incinerator in his building so he could watch the scared cat run around in circles and try to get out of the incinerator oh my god, as this it is gonna make me sick. slowly caught on fire and died <clears throat> um he would tie dogs to cars and watch them be dragged down the road oh my god or pour gasoline on them and light them on fire and watch them run around until they died. This motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He said that while torturing stray dogs that he would find, he was thinking about murdering his father. Um, when asked why he hurt the animals, he said that he was curious as to why he didn't feel anything when hurting them. And if that would ever change and why he was the way he was, he knew he should have been feeling something. He just couldn't quite figure out what. So in his head, for whatever reason, these were like experiments. Am I going to feel something this time? Am I going to feel something this time? Because he just didn't feel anything. Jesus, fuck. Mm-hmm. Kuklinski had three siblings. He had an older brother named Florian who died at the age of eight due to injuries the father had given him during a violent beating with punches to the back of the head. Oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. So he beat his eight year old son. Fuck this whole family. They all oh, they're all just fucking the trash. The whole, just, <laughs> they're all fucking trash. Um, honestly, like as awful as it sounds, Florian passing away at eight years old was the best thing that could have happened to him. A thousand percent. Yeah. Because one of two things would have happened. He would have been so, abused that he would have turned out like his older brother yeah we had multiple people to talk about or he would have turned out basically there was no fucking good outcome if you if you survived in this family there's no fucking win Mm -mm. you have like a less than a one percent chance of becoming normal after a family like this Uh uh-huh yep 
So the family lied to the police and said that the boy had fallen down the steps. And literally, this is what I put. Like, um, all, all these cunts can go to hell, the police included. There's no way that the boy's body looked or resembled like he'd fallen down some fucking steps yeah. if he was beaten to death. Um, even if it was just in the back of the head, like the amount of abuse that happened in this household, right. there had to have been other markings on this boy's oh, body. Um, so after this mess, you would have thought that, you know, maybe they would have laid off beating the kids. No, <laughs> no, no, they didn't. And just fucking kept sending it. Eventually his father did leave for another woman and would mostly stay away from the family. But obviously at this point there had been ass loads of damage done. Then in the age scale, like how the family line ties down, it's Kuklinski, Richard Kuklinski. Then he had a younger sister named Roberta who died in 2010. I couldn't find anything on her. So I'm assuming she happened to be the only normal-ish one. She's the less than 1%. Right. Wait till you hear this one. Oh. Then he had a younger brother named Joseph who in 1970 was convicted of raping a 12-year-old girl and murdering her by throwing her off a five-story building along with her pet fucking dog. Those parents should have just been killed at birth and none of this would have been a problem. Uh, yeah, but fuck everything at this point. Like, I I don't kill babies, but I don't fucking, why, why did you throw the dog off the roof too? Right. What the fuck? The dog's going to snitch? I don't get it. Fucking worthless piece of shit. Oh yeah. I literally put right here. This family was fucking poison and all they had running through them was evil. Yeah. Clearly. Like there's, Mm -hmm. I I can't even comprehend. Like the entire family. When later asked about the crime his brother committed, Kuklinski said, we come from the same father. Um, so this, this go, I'm going to go into the next section, which kind of dictates how Kuklinski at a teenage level learned how to handle people that bothered him. Hmm. Once after some neighborhood bullies had beat on Kuklinski, he went to tell his father, who then beat him violently with a belt and told him to go back outside and take care of the problem. So he did, and he beat the living shit out of the two boys. The boy's father saw the fight happening and ran in to stop it, but Kuklinski's own father saw the dad trying to intervene and jumped out of the fucking window of the house and punched this guy in the face. One punch to the fucking face, and this guy just went down like a sack of bricks. Oh my good fucking Could you God. just imagine, like, someone leaping out of their fucking window of their house and flying towards you? Oh, yeah, I'm totally picturing it in my head, and I'm slightly disturbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, Kuklinski learned very early on that if something bothers you, you just beat the fuck you out of it. You fucking handle it physically. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, by the time Kuklinski was a cl- teen... He had hit two out of the three of the McDonald triad. Now, the McDonald triad is um, three different trigger points to basically see if you're going to be a fucking future crazy bullshit motherfucker. Right. Okay. I'll the only way I know how to explain it. Perfect. Um, they are bedwetting, arson, and animal cruelty. Okay. So I didn't know the bedwetting one, but the other two. Oh, a thousand percent. That yeah. one's, that's a trigger for a lot of things. That's molestation, which obviously leads to a lot of people going crazy. Right. Um. Yeah, all that. So I knew the molestation one, mm-hmm. the urine one. That's so, funny. yeah. The only thing he didn't do was arson, 
but like in my opinion like he kind of did because he was setting animals on I say, fire to me, he basically was i know so, technically yeah. arson would imply like he building. was burning a building right but still he like, intentionally set fires to something that was how i see it yeah and it, so it was like arson mixed with animal cruelty right Look at all my fucking sticky notes. And I'm not even done with them. Jesus Christ. I'm sticking out the bottom, sticking out the sides. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yup. Okay, so. Kuklinski claims his first kill took place at the age between 13 and 14 years old. Supposedly, he was using a clothing closet and he hung a boy from the clothing rod before bludgeoning him to death for bullying him. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. By the 1950s, he had earned a reputation for being an explosive pool shark, quote unquote. I don't know what the fuck that means. I didn't click on the link. (laughs) Sounds weird. Whatever. Who would beat or kill anyone that annoyed him. Just fucking send it. So his criminal and extracurricular activity rap sheet included and started with robbery. He actually started with robbery. Started with robbery um, because he was actually stealing food for himself and his family to eat. Um, Then there was hijacking and selling pornographic films, which I don't see the problem there. That was just a huge jump, though. I just feel like that's a public service. Like, you're welcome. Giving out porn. Whatever. Who who knows? That was quite the jump, though. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I wasn't expecting that to happen. Hijacking, selling porn. Right. (laughs) Um, but murder was obviously his forte. By 18, he was already on the mafia's radar and he was asked to kill a random man selected on the sidewalk for them. And he unquestioningly did it. He soon after became the hitman for the Giovesi crime family. And he would eventually go on to work with all five of the crime families, which is kind of fucking nuts because you don't really hear of a lot of overlap with mm-hmm. mafia families. You're right. You're either this, this one, fucking family this or you're this yeah. fucking family. And there is no overlap and there is no in between because loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked He worked for all of them. So that like means he was hired in man. and out and you fucking, he kept his fucking mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he would deadass just kill people and shut the entire fuck up about it so he was six foot five holy fuck right fucking terrifying and by the time he wound up in prison he maxed out at like 300 pounds 306 no no mm-hmm. oh my fucking god mm-hmm. this guy sounds terrifying yeah so seeing him coming towards you in any direction would obviously be even if you didn't know that he was a fucking criminal mm-hmm. i'd be like oh my god what the fuck yeah my um, brother's super tall but he's not 300 pounds but you, people look at him they're like Jesus Christ. Yeah. So his bosses even feared him and his ability to move silently, even at his terrifying size, he was somehow able to move on the balls of his feet like a fat fucking panther. Apparently. Oh my fucking God. Uh huh. Now, some of the men he killed obviously did deserve it being intertwined with mafia shit, but more often than not, he didn't know what they had done or why they were being killed. But when the boss said they needed to suffer, he was more than happy to oblige. Absolutely. Fucking lutely. His choice of items to kill were guns, ice picks, hand grenades, crossbows, chainsaws. He liked to stab people in the brainstem. Um, he would rip off their tongues and shove them up their asses. What? Yeah. And then he would use road flares to burn off genitalia. 
Oh my god, this is a new level of psychotic. Yep. Like he's his own level. Yep. <laughs> I don't have words. Like the yeah, thing I, is, is that's that, how I feel like half this half the shit you're saying. Like I'm like I, flabbergasted. Yeah, I've read through this so many times and listened to and done so many different things that I don't. I can't. Uh, I got nothing. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling so much anxiety right now. Yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of Xanax. <laughs> or, fuck, dude. You should have seen me when I was writing these notes and I was going through everything. I had to physically stop myself because there was so much more that I could have done. Right. And I was like, I've got to stop. Like, I, it was You'd consuming like me for in. like hours. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Well, you just get that like feeling through your body after oh my God, I enough time of this shit. So I had to stop a couple times. Yeah, I'm like. So numb and nauseous. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like your whole body just loses blood. It's, yeah, pretty much. That's what it feels like. But his absolute favorite method of killing was by cyanide. He would quote unquote boost your food as in he would put it in your burger when you went to the restroom. He said he would sometimes act like he was drunk at a bar and spill the drink um, and then he would leave because obviously everyone would just assume it was a drunk guy. That surprises me so much. What? That his favorite way to kill someone is just to poison them, not to physically harm them. Well, one of, the reason why it was partly his favorite is because um, this is partly why it was because he could just do it. And then basically in his head, he was like, oh, you idiot, like you're going to die in two hours because it was slowly soaking into their body. So it was more a psychological mm-hmm. thing. That he, he liked knowing that like he was watching you, talking to you, knowing he, he just boosted that. your food right. and... He was literally walk, watching a dead man talk because okay. it was sinking in. That makes more sense then because I was like, I mm-hmm. feel like physical would, would be his forte. No, just wait. Like he even gets into saying like it wasn't necessarily the murder that he liked. What the fuck? Right. That's crazy. Um, so da, 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 da. during his 30 year, 30 fucking year criminal career Jesus. with the mafia, he never once failed to complete a contract shocking hmm. hmm 30 fucking years that's a hell of a fucking run yeah that's a hell of a run for any yeah, fucking yeah. criminal okay 30 fucking years mm-hmm only reason he could do it for 30 years because it was with the mob if he was out on the oh, streets no, he, probably oh uh, just just wait shit like there was plenty he did without the mob really oh yeah jesus christ no he wasn't there for sure so i know you're all wondering why he was called the ice man aside from being iced out in the fucking heart area he would put bodies and body pieces into the freezer um for short and or long periods of time so that he could fuck with them being able to pinpoint the time of death Mm-hmm. Well, back then, like, we don't have the shit that we have now where right. you can be like, okay, well, it was in the freezer for nine hours and 22 seconds. That's mm-hmm. why it's frozen to that level. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do oh, that yeah. then. So they had no fucking idea what the body decomp was because it was thawing, mm-hmm. which fucked with the decomp. Um, so he would attack and kill for something as little as someone flipping him off while he was driving. To his neighbors and family, Kiklinski was the perfect all-American man, but to his victims and the people he worked with, they just called him the devil. What the fuck? So we're going to rewind just a little bit. Before he became a killer and one under contract, Kuklinski worked at a warehouse in New Jersey. He was married to a woman named Linda and had two sons with her. He then met another woman named Barbara 
at his place of employment and began dating her. Once, Barbara decided to tell him she wanted to see other people, and Kuklinski responded by silently jabbing her with a hunting knife in her side, which she said was so sharp she never felt it go in, but she did feel the blood running down her back. When she started to scream at him in a fit of rage, he beat her into unconsciousness. So in 1961, Barbara decided to do the most logical thing possible. She married him. Excuse me, what? Yep, she married him. As you do. I mean, right. turn on. Oh, can't do it. Nope. <laughs> no, take it back. I do. I take that <laughs> one all the way back. <laughs> um, now, keep in mind, he already had a first wife right. and two other kids. Okay? So, he left them mm -hmm. to be with this woman and start a life with this woman. And I'm assuming he was a total fucking deadbeat that never paid any type of child support because we oh, never sure. hear about that ex-wife and two children again. I couldn't find shit weird. on them. That's weird. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. I mean, being associated with this guy, like, I'm sure they would want to not be. Right. Especially change if name, they were. Change, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, let's really think about it. How fucking lucky were they to escape this psycho? Yeah. They're lucky. They got, like, like, I'm kind of. Sorry, Barbara, but she is what right. saved them. A hundred percent. Um, so yeah, kind of like lucky them mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And now I just hope Barbara gets out. No, not unscathed. Well, so, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So they had three children. Uh, their eldest was a girl named Merrick. Then there was a girl named Kristen. Then there was a boy named Dwayne. Dwayne. Mm -hmm. She said some days he was good, Richie. Others, he was bad, Richie. Good Richie was loving, hardworking, affectionate, helpful, playful, and loved being home with the family. Bad Richie would vanish for days, sometimes months at a time, in fits of rage. He would smash household items and furniture and have bursts of domestic violence. Once, breaking his wife's nose. Other times, just giving her black eyes. I don't say just as in, like, that's dismissive, but, like, out of all the things that he had done to her well, he that was the, the relationship least. was stabbing her i mean fuck you know where do you go some people like it kinky but that's a lot that's a little too far for me all the way too far mm -hmm. so though not physically abusive with his children he was very emotionally abusive Ugh. so his daughter merrick recalled later in life her father once killed her dog in front of her to punish her for coming home late this Oh, I don't have words for this motherfucker anymore. Right. Like, I, there's only so many times I could say, oh, my God, or holy fuck. And, like, there's only so much you could say. Yeah. Like, he is a cum-guzzling thunder douche. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got for that one. And that's nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, personally, as I've been in abusive situations, I can tell you from experience, I would rather have someone fucking hit me mm -hmm. than I would have them say emotional shit yeah because the emotional things like seven years down the road you can still hear what the fuck they said mm -hmm. or what they did whereas don't get me wrong like bruises and things suck but like those go away mm -hmm. and then you can't see it anymore and you move on to a certain extent and then you're stuck with the emotional pain from that uh, that to me still wasn't as hard to move over as opposed to some of the shit that was said right i feel like it all the emotional thing all goes into one mm -hmm. that's why it just all sucks Oh, yeah, 100%. And I accidentally turned that too soon. Um, he would also tell his children repeatedly 
that he was going to kill their mother. And then he would have to kill them because, hello, he was going to have to cover it all up. Um, apparently, he would tell Merrick, though, that it would be the hardest to kill her because she was his favorite. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These fucking poor children. Uh, yep. <sighs> Barbara, you should have fucking ran. I was going to say, I don't like to play the blame game here, but, like, you knew he was a psycho. He Why did you make kids you. with him? Why would you do that? Like, I don't like it when Cole pokes me too hard. Same. When Casey comes up behind me and he, like, jump starts me, I'm like, I'll kill you. I'll end your shit right like, here. I will just react, reactive just punch sometimes. <laughs> I've done it. I've never hit him, but I've like, just punched the air. <laughs> like, mid-punch, I'm like, oh, he has a face there. So I'm no, like, I, like, Casey did something to scare me, and I, like, fucking kidney shot him. I was, bam, just super hard. You don't even think about it. It's like, Mm-mm. I'm not, like, trying to abuse you. I'm... I'm reacting. I'm saving myself. I'm protecting myself, bro. Right. I don't know it's you. And in that moment of like spaz attack energy, like yeah. I don't know who I'm hitting. I'm yeah. just hitting. I don't fucking know, man. Mm-mm. <laughs> you could be a murderer. I don't know. Mm-mm. You're not going to get my ass. Not like that. No. <sighs> okay, here we go. <sighs> Fuck, man. Okay. His family and neighbors had no idea of his criminal life and activities. All just thought he was a very successful businessman. His wife at times thought he may be involved with the mob or criminal activity because he would have large amounts of cash on him. But she decided, I'm sure, for what we're going to call safety reasons, that don't ask was probably the best fucking policy. Well, at least she was smart about something. Hmm. They never struggled financially, not even for five seconds, and he once gave her a $12,000 raccoon coat. Because I don't... A raccoon coat? I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can get it. I don't want to wear a raccoon. No. Maybe a hat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. My grandpa used to have one of those. A raccoon hat? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, his philosophy on that was he wanted them to have everything he never had. Because obviously he had to steal food to feed himself and the family. So cool. You're fucking nuts. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to... Mm-hmm. Anyways. I feel so much rage. Uh Uh-huh. So authorities said he didn't fit the mold of a quote-unquote serial killer. He didn't drink. He didn't do drugs. Like, he didn't have the same markers. Right. He didn't drink. He didn't do drugs. He didn't party. His only vice was high-stakes gambling. And believe it or not, regardless of how much money they did have, he actually lost a lot of it from contract kills. They had a very weird way of looking at serial killers. Sorry. I no, no, no. If you go through serial killer markers, like a lot of them have different triggers. Like a lot of them have yeah, the but, same things. But like, if you look at a lot of them, those aren't, those aren't a lot of the triggers though. That's yeah, other are. shit. Not those ones, not the drinking and drugs. A lot of serial killers do have, um, addictive issues, right. which more often than not ties into drinking and or drugs, or they have done it at some point in their life. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of that I've looked up, like, at the time of the killings, they weren't what ones? fucked up. I don't know, off the top of my head. But I'm just saying <laughs> research that I've done. Yeah, well, most of it, like I said, it's usually... Like Ted Bundy, for one. He was on drugs or alcohol. No, but he was addicted to... He was a sex addict. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's um, just other addictions is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I don't want to fucking list them all. Um, so... Okay, and his motives deemed were deemed unusual for a serial killer 
not falling into this typical serial killer profiles, um, lust kills, mm-hmm. which Ted Bundy was That's, lust yeah. kills, yep, yep. Um, revenge kills, mm-hmm. and angel of mercy killings. Kind of like a Dexter situation. Yeah. Um, which uh, I'm not opposed to that. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Um, basically, he killed because he could. Mm-hmm. It was It was just that simple. When he was asked in an interview... How do you feel about killing? His response was, I don't. He then went on to say, I guess if I had a choice, I wouldn't do it. Wait, Wait if you had a choice? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Once, during an interview, to truly get people to understand the randomness of his crime, Kiklinski confessed he once wanted to use a crossbow to carry out a hit but not without first testing its lethality. While out driving around, he asked a stranger for directions before turning and using the crossbow to shoot the man in the forehead. Kuklinski described the arrow as, quote-unquote, went halfway into his head. Oh my fucking God. So I told you, he didn't just do stuff for the mob. He just, I'm going to test this fucker out. Mm Mm-hmm. He would go into Manhattan and treat killing like a sport. Someone rubbed him the wrong way. They could end up shot, stabbed, or bludgeoned to death. Sometimes he would even leave them where they dropped. Other times he would throw them into the Hudson. He went to quote-unquote practice and perfect murder. Kuklinski later said, By now you know what I liked most was the hunt. The challenge of what the thing was. The killing for me was secondary. I got no rise as such out of it for the most part. But figuring it out, the challenge, the stalking, and doing it right and successfully, that excited me a lot. The greater the odds against me, the more juice I got out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't even have words right now. I don't know what to say or do with my life. Yep. There's one moment in time he said he would not have done the way that he could if he could go back in time. In my opinion, he regrets dragging God into it, not the actual murder itself. But... This is what Kuklinski said. It was a man, and he was begging and pleading and praying, I guess, and was please God all over the place. So I told him he could have half an hour to pray to God, and if God could come down and change the circumstances, he'd have that time. But God never showed up, and he never changed the circumstances. And that was that. It wasn't too nice. That's one thing I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have done that one. I shouldn't have done it that way. So I don't think he necessarily regretted the murder. Yeah. Just I think he regretted the telling the guy thing. he could have time to talk to God. Right. About it. Over time, he would come to kill almost everyone that he knew or anyone that he called a friend. So in 18... Whoa, that's not right. So in 1985... Mm-hmm. The New Jersey Criminal Justice Department created a task force composed of federal, state, and local law dedicated to getting Kuklinski. The task force was nicknamed Operation Iceman. And the case was based almost entirely from the undercover agent um, Dominic Polifron's work and a man named Pat Kane who had been slowly building a case against Kuklinski for six years prior to the Operation Iceman. Wow. Yeah. Um, So December 17th, 1986, so a year after the task force was put together, Dominic had arranged to meet Kuklinski. 
because remember, he was undercover. Mm-hmm. So Dominic had arranged to meet Kuklinski to give Kuklinski cyanide for a planned murder that was actually set to take out another undercover cop. Kuklinski did not know at the time that he was being recorded, um, but he did have an odd feeling. So he went for a walk and tested the cyanide that Dominic had given him on a stray dog in the neighborhood to see if it was going to work. Well, it didn't work. So Kuklinski, obviously picking up what the fuck's all over the place, decided Mm -hmm. to just leave and go home. He didn't even walk back in to talk to Dominic. Mm -hmm. Um, Dominic was obviously nervous because he realized that Kuklinski had picked up on what was going on, which then made him a target for Kuklinski. Yeah. Um, And like I said, 30 years, you don't fucking hit, you don't mess up a hit. Like that would make, no. Yeah, you're not going to be the first one he messes up. Mm Mm-mm. So Kuklinski went home and decided to not move forward with that murder, at least at that time. Um, He was arrested two hours later. They roadblocked him in, and a gun was found in his car, and his wife was charged with trying to prevent the arrest. You got to keep in mind, they had no idea of his criminal activity, and if she did have an inkling, I'm sure she had no fucking idea as to what he was really doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. His family was home at the time, and they watched their father and husband, though not great, be taken by police, and they had no idea why. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons he was so successful for so long was no one knew who he was, what he did, where he lived, if he had a family. He kept his two lives entirely separate, mm-hmm. which was, it was is smart anyways if you're involved in that kind of bullshit, right. and a lot of people don't do that. So Kuklinski wasn't the type of man to obviously show emotion. I don't think he has any of the feels. But anytime his family has been brought up or was brought up and they had to watch him being taken away crying, that's the only time in any of the interviews or anything that I've watched that he actually did choke up and was had a hard time speaking. Um, and I think, so with people like this, I think... He, he, I think he did love them. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he loved them in a healthy, right. acceptable manner. But as much as someone like him is able to feel anything, yeah. I think they are the only ones that got any type of feeling mm-hmm. out of him. Yeah, I think so too. Which is fucking awful. Just because he was, he was not good to them either. Yeah. Um, so eventually he was charged with five counts of murder. Yeah, five. I was like, five. uh, what? Although he himself says his number is closer to, like, between 150 and 200. Yeah, I guarantee. 30 years, five, my ass. They could only snag him on five, though. Exactly. Six weapons violations, attempted murder, robbery, and attempted robbery. Now listen to this shit. He was held on a $2 million bond. In March 1988, the jury found him guilty on two counts of murder, but found the deaths were not proven to be by Kuklinski's own conduct. Meaning... He would not face the death sentence. Wouldn't get the death penalty. <laughs> fuck it, of course. So, fuck this guy. Overall, in years to come, he was charged with the five deaths and was con- given consecutive life sentences, making him ineligible for parole until the age of 110. So that would put us at the year 2045. Richard Kuklinski died in prison of natural causes on March 5th, 2005. He served only 18 years before dying. Um, He developed what's known as Kawasaki disease, which is uh, blood vessel inflammation. Hmm. 
He asked doctors to revive him if anything happened. His former wife, I don't know at what point Barbara divorced him, mm-hmm. but they refer to her as the former wife here, um, had already signed a do not resuscitate order. And when she was contacted to see if she wished to rescind that instruction, she said, no, she declined. Good. So when he obviously passed away. Was it? was done. He was done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a couple quotes from Kuklinski himself after being interviewed. Okay. So he said, I've never felt sorry for anything I've done other than hurting my family. I do want my family to forgive me. (laughs) This one doesn't even make any sense. I'm not the ice man. I'm the nice man. What? I don't know, dude. Um, so what had happened was, is after he was arrested and he'd done a shitload of time in jail, he went on to do three HBO specials and they were able to actually clear up 13 cold cases based on him bragging about the fucked up shit that he'd done wow. during these HBO specials, basically. Only 13 years <clears throat> though. Wow. Mm-hmm. But he didn't start to snitch on himself until being in prison for 18 years, like 18 years. Like, so this, all, all these interviews happened within like a year or so of him getting ready to die. Um, when he knew the crime families that he had worked for were basically falling apart, gone, and weren't going to hit him, basically. Jesus. Um, another quote from Kuklinski is, I'm probably the loneliest person in the world because I have nothing I care for and I can't make any friends to have any kind of relationships with. So I've lost everything. I've lost everything I ever cared for, everything I ever wanted. It's down the toilet. Since there is no love in my life, I must replace it with something. So I replaced it with hate fucking god Mm -hmm. he later at some point went on to say my mother was a cancer she slowly destroyed everything around her she produced two killers me and my brother joe and then he this one made me giggle i would never kill a woman or child that's just not in me but apparently hitting and stabbing is that's fine what was his end goal with stabbing barbara just to like keep her in line i would assume scare her into submission you could Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> I have so, no words. Yep. So later, Kuklinski was diagnosed with bipolar and antisocial personality disorder, which would cause him not to quote unquote feel anything that quote unquote a normal person would feel. Um, one of the doctors that had worked with him said, um, "It it makes you fearless." The antipersonality disorder gives you a sense of like fearlessness. You you just don't care. He's got like a fucking god complex. Casey has antisocial personality disorder. I'm saying this motherfucker. Right. But the problem that people run into with the antisocial personality disorder is a lot of people are born with it. Mm. Um, a thousand percent. I would, I'm not a doctor, but I would, Casey's fucking got it. Yeah. Um, mostly because when people are born with this and they're raised in a more loving home or a certain type of environment, they end up on the bomb squad they end up in the military doing higher risk things Mm -hmm. they end up being race car drivers um it's that nature gives you a tool and nurture kind of decides where you go um because the good thing about having something like that is you are able to have those high risk jobs um especially in the military side it's a it's a good thing to have if you're gonna be a green beret or special Mm -hmm. forces or anything like that um but, again, it's a controlled situation, and 
the antisocial personality disorder, because they're fearless to a certain extent, they need that kick yeah. and that rush of adrenaline and yeah. that high stakes situation. And if it's not done in a healthy way, mm-hmm. this shit happens. Right. Um, well, and then you mix this with a bunch of other shit and then you get a serial killer. Well, thousand percent. Yeah. Well, like, the numbers of people that are actually born with antisocial personality disorder are shockingly high. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that at all. But, again, it's the nature versus nurture thing. Right. And then if you add in all these other fucking garbage shit into it, then, obviously, you got a recipe for disaster. Well, these, this, these children, the Kuklinskis, never had a fucking chance. No. Not um, even a second. No. The second they were fucking born, they were fucked. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I'm obviously not saying that to excuse him because absolutely not he's a piece of shit um obviously he was aware enough to go okay i don't feel something like right chill Mm -hmm. (laughs) do less turn into professional fucking fucking hunter for all i care like (laughs) do less use a crossbow to hunt deer and eat the fucking deer don't be a dick right Mm -hmm. um Okay, so you can find all the HBO specials on YouTube. Okay. Um, they're actually insanely creepy. Um, I knew people were going to ask about his children now, so I did find a couple things. His oldest daughter, Merrick, has done a couple of interviews over time. Um, she's said to be of a terrifyingly imposing height like her father. Um, and she's soft-spoken and a quiet listener, just like her father. Like, that's why it's so creepy when you watch him. Like, mm-hmm. he's really quiet, and he just he just sits there and listens. Like, you would never... Oh, my God, I can't. Make me going to puke. There's a lot of these serial killers that you wouldn't expect it because they put on... No, he's got dead fucking eyes. You really? can tell there's something wrong with him. Like, one of the ones I want to do... I'm, I won't get into it right now. I'm just saying he... But he's fucking nuts. Oh, I believe it. Um, She has said that she's had to compartmentalize pieces of her childhood, the good, the bad, and the ugly... She actually has her father's ashes and some of his worldly possessions, as well as photos of him in her home. Burn it. Just kidding. Oh, she won't. Um, Barbara, the (laughs) ex-wife, lives with the youngest daughter, Kristen, and her boyfriend, and I guess they help take care of her. Kristen said on her personal blog, yes, you can love and loathe a person. I can't find anything on any of his sons. Really? Not one. Not even the one he had with Barbara later on when they were documented. That boy, Dwayne. Yeah. Can't find anything on him. Weird. Mm-mm. Probably changed his fucking name and got out of Dodge. Right? I would have. For those of you that have seen the 2013 movie Iceman, <laughs> first of all, I'm sorry. Um, if you haven't seen it, don't fucking bother. That version of Richard Kuklinski that they played on in that movie um, is complete bullshit. He's portrayed as a loving family man who was basically forced to kill and felt sorry about it often. Um, and went over this last little bit of time, you guys have obviously learned that he was cold-hearted and dead inside and willing to kill anyone and anything for basically any reason. Literally. Um, if you would like to know more about the Iceman, because obviously I'm not able to cover as much as I wanted to, um, there's a book by Philip Carlo. It's called Iceman Confessions of a Contract Killer. He interviewed this guy, like he interviewed Richard Kuklinski for a very fucking long time. Jesus. Very long time. Um, but if you guys do read it, let me know. Because I actually ordered it because I want to read it. Yeah. Um, I've always been curious about people's minds like this. So. Yeah, me too. After you read it, you should let me borrow it. Deal. So, 
52 minutes later, it's your turn. We're already an hour in. I haven't even done mine yet. That's it. We're an hour in. Oh my goodness. Mine's pretty long too. You guys, <laughs> this is the longest fucking episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> we could just cut it, do it really long, cut it, and then just release it twice in two parts. <laughs> we can't. That'll be can. our next one. No, I don't know how long mine will be. Okay, so. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I don't know if it's actually that long. Well, normally my notes are eight pages and I'm at 11, so. Oh. Yeah. I'll try not to interrupt you. Yeah, I said the same thing, but I kept interrupting well, you. Yeah, it was fucking shocking. Right. Some of that was like, you can't just not, you can't just not. You can't just not. Oh, God, what? Okay, but you'll like my, you'll like my topic. Where's my phone? Where is your phone? I don't mm. know. Right there. Oh, that's an iPad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> your, your notebook was over most of it, so I just saw screen. It's just fine. It's just in between my legs. Where it should be. Okay. I am talking kundalini. Oh, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> Great. That's a nice little switcheroo. Like, yeah. Like we're, if they made we're doing it about 180 right now. If they made it a fucking hour in, they're going to be like, y'all are trying to kill us with some shit today. Right. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So the practice was developed in India over the last thousand years. And the West has only experienced kundalini since the late 1960s when they actually knew how to name for it. Yeah, it's because we fucking suck and we do everything later than normal. Right. And this is thanks in part to Yogi Bujan. 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 I hate I went Yogi names. the Bear because yogis. And then I went hoagies because I'm hungry. So Now I want a hoagie yogi. Do they still have those around? Where? Do you remember hoagie yogi? The <gasps> that was yes, my favorite. I love that same. place. Now I want a sandwich. Yep. Okay, so kundalini is a Sanskrit term from the ancient India that identifies a rising of an energy and consciousness which has been coiled at the base of the spine since birth and is the source of the life force or chi or pranic energy that everybody knows. Okay. Kundalini is our central nervous system and has and also has the chemical energy known as phosphorus, which just sends up the spine to our brains. It has phosphorus. What? Phosphorus. That's crazy. A Sorry. No, you're good. A properly working central nervous system with healthy just healthy distribution of this powerful chemical in our blood, known as phosphorus, is um, let's see, is one of the most critical alchemical alchemical management tools that we as humans can utilize to become enlightened, or what some say is the Kundalini awakening. Oh, fucking K. I believe it. Yep. It can be done through countless spiritual practices such as meditation, yoga, tai chi, martial arts, shamanism, crystal healing, sound healing, aromatherapy, reiki, five rhythm dance, and through connection with nature and the most powerful being sexual intimacy. Huh. It's all about the sex magic. Sorry. Exactly. I'm all about it. Essentially, you're looking to soft, uh, soften identification with the lower self-ego and its distorted behavior, distorted behaviorisms transcending these and infusing the soul then progressively you'll expand the con- your, you'll expand consciously and open out to the higher self mm-hmm. the more you integrate inner or not inner more you integrate higher self connection aligned with behaviorism and the guiding flow of synchronicity then the higher self begins to integrate into the lower which causes the activation of kundalini jesus christ this is your flowing reconnection to the source that leads to a transfigured living basically Hmm. transforming the way you live yogic yogic science suggests that kundalini energy triggered the formation of the child in the womb and then it coils three and a half times around the base of the spine to hold the energy and stasis until or unless or until it is jolted into awakening and winding upward through our bodies 
What the fuck? If kundalini is awoken, the energy is said to rise up from the base of the spine from the root chakra, which is parable. (laughs) You caught me there. Which is parable has been referred to as the base of the mountain. It's just kind of like a nickname for it. The energy ascends from up to the peak, which correlates with the crown chakra and the pineal gland. Okay. This awakening can be startling and chaotic or frightening and blissful, and it usually triggers months and years of new sensations and changes in the person who awakens it. It may feel like the body is wi- the body's wiring has moved from 110 to 220, and it takes time to adapt to that. Uh, you fucking think? You fucking think? It is understood in the Eastern tradition to be a significant adjunct to spiritual realization, but is rarely recognized as such in Western traditions. That's although we're fucking losers. <laughs> although Christian mystics. What? <laughs> what? Hold on. Hold. Sorry. Pause. <laughs> what? I knew. I was waiting for that one. I loved it. That's why I left it there. Christian mystics. No. Have often been said to have intense energetic or physical problems. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong again. I. I have a really hard time with the word Christian uh-huh. attached to mystic, mystic attached to witch, right? Attached to anything like that. Maybe it's just me, mm. but when I hear the word Christian, I automatically go Mormon or Catholic mm-hmm. or whatever, and I'm like, y'all can take it back all the way back. Take it all the way back. Mm-hmm. I don't identify as being Christian. No, I don't. Like, not, at all. not even close. And what's funny is I don't think I even have anybody that's quote unquote Christian in my life. And I trust more of those motherfuckers than any of the Christians I had in my life before. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just being a personal judgy asshole. It's okay. So let's see. It is possible to find acknowledgement of the spiritual movement in many yogic and tantric traditions, tantric Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, Gnostic mystical traditions, and some Native American teachings, as well as indigenous societies. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> An image of a rising snake in the body signi- signifies its existence in the esoteric art of many cultures. The capacity to I- intensify and raise energy in the body has been explored for thousands of years mm-hmm. and is a natural human po- has natural human potential. Kundalini awakening can trigger a wide range of phenomena, both positive and negative. It can cause significant changes in the physical, emotional, and sensate and psychic capacities. Oh, boy. It, ca- it can cause stress in vulnerable, vulnerable areas of the body and open the heart and mind to major shifts in perspective and cause many unique and unfamiliar sensations, including shaking, vibrating, spontaneous movement, visions, and other phenomena. So that happens during. if you're already unstable, don't open this box. God, no. Please, God, don't. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is that from? That fucking movie where he's like, God, no, no, God, no. It's fucking, I think the office. Where he, oh, oh, I fucking love that. When he's, he's like, like no, 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 God, no. no. When Michael says it to Toby because he's back. And yeah. He's the HR guy. I, I fucking love the office, if you can't tell. Oh, That's all you could see was just that meme. No. God, no, no. Fucking Michael Scott, man. <laughs> Okay, great. Sorry. It's okay. We're lightening the mood. It's fine. We're fucking trying. <laughs> okay, Kundalini Awakening offers a profound opportunity for those called to follow a spiritual path. It gradually releases many patterns, conditions, and delusions of the separate self. 
It can be threatening to the ego structure because a person may feel a loss of interest in their old life and their old identity, and consciousness may go into unfamiliar, expansive, or empty states that are disorienting. Disorienting. It also makes people who are unfamiliar with it afraid that, um, that they are ill or losing their minds. So it is important to know what this is before... Right. Yeah. I mean... Or it can cause some I, fucking issues. Well, I've heard of accidental triggerings of the Kundalini. Yeah, there are, for sure. Um, which, mm-hmm. send all the help right. to that Because individual. if you don't know, and then it, you're starting to feel like you're fucking mentally unstable, and all this other shit starts happening, you have no idea why. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like an energy of creation, like prana or electricity or atoms, this energy can be activated and misused by those who are not spiritually motivated or have not completed this process and therefore they are not free of their personal patterns. Oh, Jesus. The contemplative mind attempting its return to divinity is constantly dragged back toward the sense of, or senses by life currents. When the energy can be coaxed to reverse its flow from the senses to the brain, it reveals our consciousness to the world. Consciousness, to our consciousness, another world. What? Okay. I put in a weird word there, apparently. I don't know what I did. It's okay. I had to, like, reword some of my notes. I was like, why did I put that there? Yeah, I've done that just in this last 30 seconds. Perfect. (laughs) It is very helpful to understand the process and the intention of your own life force as it awakens so that you can discover wisdom, love, and authentic direction in your own life. Okay. Simplicity, contentment, unconditional love, and acceptance and presence are trademarks of an awakened life, if you do it correctly. What? Should I keep going, or do you want to say something? I just, uh, I don't know. I did. I have. Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't know. So what you're explaining makes sense. Like I understand why once you trigger that, you would go into that everything, whatever right. situation. All the shit opens. Yeah. Right, right, right. I just, I don't know why, but. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. Mm. I can't stand people that have woken up or have gone on their spiritual path or journey and they're, yes, everything's like it's supposed fine. to be all light and love yeah. all the time. How yeah. are you? Things are beautiful. Like, right. you don't need to feel like that. Like, so maybe I'm just not as awake as I think I am. Or maybe I'm okay with the fact that I am fucking human and there are days where I'm going to be like, no, if you come any closer to me, I'm right. going to rip you apart. Yeah, I see what you're um, saying. And what I think is, this is, I feel like this is what it's saying is you're more open to feeling unconditional acceptance, but doesn't mean that you're not going to have days where you're like, get the fuck away from me because you're human. But that's just me. That's my understanding or my take on it too. I mean, so I, yeah. like, I get what you're saying. Like, well, I you, could just, I don't think I could ever be that soft spoken. No, like, I, that just comes off to me as fake. Right, right, right. That's, that's, yeah, that's no, not 100%. real. That's not real emotion and no. human fucking... Are you doing stuff with the new moon tonight? You better be. With the what? The moon. Yeah, yeah. Of okay, course, good. for sure. You should see the jug of wine that I drank, and now I have an empty jug, glass jug. That's fucking huge. Is it, was it the hungrier one? Yeah, but bigger. It's a huge Perfect. jug. Good. Yeah. Yeah, use that, mostly because we got to start putting more shit out there for the podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so imagine seeing the world with expansive vision. You have keen perception that combines innumerable perspectives at once. You understand your feelings perfect. <laughs> understand your feelings perfectly. That's not me. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, it was the fact that you couldn't even get all the way through that. I understand. Your, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I can't even say it. it was fake news. Face. That's all I saw. It's just. 
fake news. <laughs> fake news. I don't know. I, I think I've, I've gotten to the point where I truly do understand my feelings right. very well. Yeah. What I have a hard time doing is explaining them to people who still see feelings in a very um, simplistic way. Mm-hmm. I have a really hard time explaining it. So I'm like, okay, well, like this and this and this. And it's perceived incorrectly. And yeah. there are times when I just choose not to explain it because it's just well, easier. It's not even worth it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know I know a lot of why I feel the way. I know why I was angry with mm-hmm. Tyler. Right. I know why I was angry with Casey yesterday. I know why I'm fine today. I know. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the basic ones. I feel those. I just understand like, I my understand crazy. Those, I mean, it's fine. There's just sometimes I'm just like. I think it's, I don't even know. I think it's probably just all the stress I was going through. I'm just like, why am I feeling this way? But I, don't, I haven't felt that way since I graduated. So I think it was kind of school. That's a lot of shit to have on your plate at one time. Yeah, it was a lot. So. And I got the hardest thing off. So perfect. Yay. Most time consuming. This one's fun. This this time consuming is worth it. Oh my God. I mean, not that my degree wasn't worth it. Shut up. Okay, whatever. What the fuck? <laughs> Nobody said anything. I know. It was like that thing. I'm like- saying shut up to the one person on there listening who's like, <laughs> The one person with an attitude problem. Yeah, we don't everybody hear, else is fine. We don't want to sure. fucking hear your shit. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, where was I? Uh, you also sense how others are interpreting the world and how others feel. Their judgments are clear to you with adequate practice and guidance. This is some of the enlightenment that comes through Kundalini, awake- Kundalini awakening. Oh, great. So I get to pick up more of people's bullshit. Right. But- it awakens that dormant energy within you. So whatever dormant energy you have. Prepare for it. I don't want anything else to be seen. I see. I don't uh, think we should open our kundalini. I think we should just leave it where it's at. I fucking, I don't know if I can handle much more. Right. Yeah. You deal with a lot more of that shit than I do even. So I don't even fit. Like it's gotten to the point where I don't physically have to hear the person's voice. Mm -hmm. I don't anything like someone can ask me, Hey, this person. Mm -hmm. And if they have any of that lingering energy on them, I can pick up on it or Mm -hmm. I can look at a photo. Just boom. Yeah. I, That's one of the things I'm pretty good at is fucking energies. Picking up on energies. Gives me a a nap. So, (laughs) Kundalini is the concentrated energy of awareness or attention. It is not energy apart from consciousness, but rather the energy that manifests with consciousness when it becomes free from thought. That is why dedicated meditation practice can enable Kundalini flow, or to flow, as the cessations of thoughts is a goal of certain forms of meditation on the path to oneness. Okay. When Kundalini awakens, a person may experience deeper empathy with others, and this empathy can almost become telepathic. There is greater sensitivity, higher energy levels, sometimes psychic abilities, or deep knowing. (laughs) Take it all back. I don't want any more of that. It sounds like my shit on steroids. Right. Keep it. You guys can keep it. You guys can have that. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's see... Watch my stupid ass activated it like a fucking two years ago when I thought I had to go to the loony bin. Right. And like I didn't like even know. Like it's been open. Good luck. <laughs> uh-huh. Especially now that you're realizing it. <laughs> shit. Aging can appear to slow down. Oh, okay. shit. No wonder people think no, I'm 12. I was say no wonder people are like, oh my God, you're 30? Like, yeah. It's kundalini. <laughs> <laughs> it's my kundalini. You have no idea how custom this is. It's fine. Yeah. I've... Never mind. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> we would have just kept going. Okay. No, you know what you need to tell people? Just be what? like, I activated my spine poison, so it's fine. Yeah. Just have my them My spine look snake at- is awake. 
Oh, oh my god. I want to be there when you say that to someone's face. Okay, deal. I'll make sure you are. Just for you. Spine sneak is like. Okay. I really hope they look at me like I'm a fucking crazy person too. They will. Hopefully. 100%. Nine times out of ten, they will. Yeah. Okay. Creativity and charisma can increase as, and it can internal peace and knowing. There's a sense of being part of all that is and the greater mysteries of life that no longer are mysteries. Oh. Okay. That seems like too much information. Okay. Hold on. Now I'm getting interested because I've got some questions about the motherfucking pyramids. So like all of life's mysteries? The greater mysteries of life are no longer mysteries. To me, that's great. That is great. So like fucking activate it. Let's figure it out. I might actually might actually be interested in this if I can figure out what's going on with the fucking pyramids. Right. Like it may it may be worth it. Mm-hmm. A person that realizes spiritual enlightenment through Kundalini, uh, through Kundalini awakening, may choose to work in the healing arts. Oh boy. They tend to work in harmony with other true life's callings, perhaps signaling a change of careers. They may lose interest in material things while becoming more generous. And they may speak less and choose words with deeper clarity and meaning. That's not us. No. <laughs> I'm listening to you. I'm like, I like all the things, for one. Right. Um, for two, we have a fucking podcast. Like, if we said less and yeah. focused more on specific words, people <laughs> would be like, turn this the fuck off. Well, that lasted for a minute. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Okay, so a kundalini awakening is not as much of a physical force, but the movement of energy of the subtle body. Therefore, you can't undergo an awakening without taking the right steps to open and purify the channels of the subtle body, whether you realize that you're doing that or not. Hmm. If you are not rightly prepared, a Kundalini Kundalini awakening might cause a ruckus (laughs) that can feel like a breakdown. So take caution as you explore awakening the serpent energy within you. You don't want to get ruckusy. Yeah. Every person has a positive magnet at the top of their head or magnet the spiritual eye and the crown or the crown chakra which pulls our consciousness upwards towards an innate oneness i guess that's why they say to imagine a beam of light right or like something pulling your body the positive and your spine this way, straight and the negative you... down into the earth mm-hmm. right yeah so at the same time there's a magnet at the base of the spine that pulls the negativity downwards like selfishness and awareness back into the earth so kundalini centered at the base of the spine is the outward thrust of our consciousness like it thrust that is identified with matter even this, our kundalini is kinky that's fine i a lot like years ago i used to, when i heard kundalini the first time for some reason i associated it with like kinky sex oh it sounds kinky. and so i was like i want to know more about this i understand that so the storehouse of energy is what pulls our mind towards restlessness when we meditate I'm bad. I, at the first parts of my, like when I first try to meditate, I'm so bad about that. I, I do guided meditation. Better I can't, now. I can't do quiet. Yeah. My mind wanders. Yeah. Too much. Mine does too. True inner enlightenment is reversing the life force away from its layer at the base of the spine. I like it. And uniting it with the positive pull at the top of the head. When its union happens, enlightenment occurs. Some seekers hearing how important raising the energy is, Use violent breathing exercises as violent breathing, violent breathing exercises. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, no, all I could see. Have you seen that fucking throwback video from that one girl that's doing the breathing from like the fifties or sixties as like the workout video, yes. and she's like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm like, 
that's a violent breathing. Yeah, I feel like that. Is that's why when you exactly did that, I was like, is. "Oh my god!" Like, that's intense. Take it. I don't want it. No. Okay. So, and so, and the breathing exercises and other intense practices to shake loose the life currents. Kundalini is a great power, however, which, like fire, if misused or mishandled, can be extremely harmful. Oh fuck. Overstimulating kundalini by too physical and willful means generates tremendous heat in the body, which can damage the nervous system. Um, according to Dr. David Frawley, the awakening of kundalini requires that prana or life force enters at the shashuma, shashumna. <laughs> it's a weird word. I don't know why, but that made me think of mushrooms. <laughs> That's awesome. Like psychedelic mushrooms? No. Oh, just, I think I'm lame. just hungry. Well, then I don't care anymore. I'm just kidding. Not about the hunger part. If they're not fun mushrooms, then I don't care. Okay. Okay. I sound like a fucking... Never mind. (laughs) Cool. (sighs) This occurs when the prana is withdrawn from its fixation through through the thought process on the external world. All right, Shushima. Well, that's not his name. His name is Frawley. It's fine. Okay, so kundalini yoga practice. Kundalini yoga is a blend of bhakti yoga, which is the yogic practice of devotion and chanting, raja yoga, which is a practice of meditation and mental and physical control. Do you say raja? Yeah. So like the the tiger from Aladdin? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm pretty sure it's raja. Yeah, I don't remember for sure, but I feel like you're, if you're not there, you're right there. I got it. Sorry. And then shakti yoga, which is for the expression of power and energy. So instead of a singular focus on body, mind, or spirit, Kundalini Yoga seeks to incorporate all of these into a holistic practice, practice that leads to energy release. In addition, the use of breathing techniques like pranya, pranayama <laughs> are used that help practitioners control their breathe, their breath and unlock inner energy. I need a breath right now. Okay. I, just, I can't get over a violent breathing. No, right. That's I'm just always going to picture that video now. Yeah. So the practice of kundalini yoga is supposed to arouse the sleeping kundalini shakti from its coiled base through the six chakras that reside along the spine and through the seven chakra or the crown. Chakras are wheels or hubs of energy along which energy or prana travels like a superhighway to distribute energy throughout the body. So for those of you who don't know. Okay. The purpose of kundalini yoga is to provide a modality by which people can achieve their maximum creative potential. Maximum effort. Yeah. Free themselves from karma and realize their life I hope someone picked up what I just threw down because you glazed right over it. Wait, what did you say? Maximum effort. Oh, I don't know. Dude, it's Deadpool. Oh, why? What did I say? You said maximum something and I said maximum Oh, maximum creative potential. Okay. Did I say that? I fucking love Deadpool. (laughs) Not enough. Apparently not enough. (laughs) No, Cole's so good about that. He He's like, oh, I, I recite this fucking whole script from this movie I saw once. I'm like, fuck you. I've seen this movie seven times. I don't even know. Fuck you. Okay. Okay. Where am I? Experience a kundalini awakening is like being given the secret code, at which point you joyfully fire your life coach because now you know more than he does. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was funny. People have life coaches? I, I think they still do. It was a thing like a couple years ago. I think it still is. Oh. Kundalini yoga's purpose is reject, not rejecting, redirecting, 
the life force up the spine to achieve the lofty goal where outer life has to reinforce our meditative efforts. Otherwise, contractive attitudes bring our life force downwards and opposite to where we are trying to go spiritually. So negativity brings us down. No shit? I had no idea. Uh-uh. No would have guessed that. Nope. Kundalini yoga is a synthesis of many traditions, and the Kriya and meditations in Kundalini yoga are designed to raise complete body awareness to prepare the body, nervous system, and the mind to handle the energy of Kundalini rising. Many of the physical postures are designed to activate the navel, spine, and focal points of... My eye is twitching. <laughs> I couldn't even, like, see straight words like Woo! All right. <laughs> you should have looked at my face, too. I think it was all, like... <laughs> I felt it. I was making weird faces. Oh, God. Okay. And so, navel, spine, and focal points of pressurization on meridians. So, meridians are energy points in the body, for those mm-hmm. that don't know. Um, through breath work, which is the pranayama, Mm-mm. and the application of yogic locks, of, oh, locks of energy, my bad, which is known as boondas. Fuck this. <laughs> That's fine. The release, direction, and control of the flow of kundalini energy is achieved. Okay. Let's just make let's just pretend that whole thing made sense right there. Kundalini yoga supports its practitioners wearing all white, so people come to classes in white head coverings, skirts, shirts, and flowing white pants. I already don't like that. That's too much white for me. I don't know if I have any white in my closet. I have one. Nope, it's not even white. It's off white. It's yep. my wedding dress. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't think I own anything white. As Yogi Bhajan said, colors create an uncontrollable action in your subconscious mind of inspiration, productivity, and expansion. Colors have an effect on our consciousness. That's why I wear black all the time. The process of growth through Kundalini Kundalini Yoga is a natural unfolding, or is naturally unfolding of your own nature. Whatever. The blocks to that growth are your attachments to the or to the familiarity of the past and your fear of the extended expanded self oh my fucking god i need to like take a breath breath just a breath just yeah i can't even say words correctly i'm not it's not about just reading them i just i want i need to take a breath so i need to take a breath (laughs) it's fine woosaw motherfucker for fucking real all right so as you practice kundalini yoga you will grow like a snake you will need to shed old skins to be more aware of who you are these physical steps taken to achieve a sense of higher awareness can be linked to the kundalini yoga, but the awakening of the energy itself and the higher consciousness that results can be considered kundalini meditation. Okay. So kundalini meditation is a slow and prolonged process done in various ways with slight variations. The purpose of all technique is to raise the kundalini energy. This meditation must be done holistically and responsibly. Your body, mind, and emotions must be ready to achieve or receive a powerful energy through your body because it can be dangerous if the energy is not received well. The technique of an alternate nostril breathing, left nostril, right nostril, back and forth, which is described as a simple wait, breathing technique. Wait, I'm trying for, I'm sniffing. <laughs> like, how did people? I think you have to plug. I wonder if people can do it without plugging. I can't, so maybe. That's what yeah. I'm over here trying to do, like. I have chubbier cheeks, though, so maybe I can just, like, get it to, like, block one. Or I can twist and block, like... <laughs> yeah. I can do the right side. I can't block the left side, though. I can't block my right side. 
See, I can't do my left. Ow. You guys should as see you it. As your nose ring. I know, I did that too. First time I tried it, I did. I went, <laughs> Wait, first time you tried it? Yeah, when I was doing my notes, I was trying it. Perfect. <laughs> okay. I lo- Wait, the first time? Yeah. Let's I do come this every day now. To that. Oh. No, I'm not fucking ready for my Kundalini to awake. Are you kidding me? They can keep it. Keep that coil down. They can my keep snake my can Kundalini. Sleep. <sighs> the techniques of. Oh, wait. Done that one already. I found the simplicity. Oh. I found that simplicity comes through the first attempting, then practicing. This type of breath work is taught as a way to cleanse the subtle channels and the pathways to help awaken Kundalini energy. Probably the last thing you want to do when you're congested, but it probably be <laughs> helpful too. Sorry, it's not funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. By clearing and neutralizing our minds, we're less susceptible to the five causes of unhappiness. Lust, anger, greed, pride, and attachments. Okay. One of the tools that can be used in this awakening of the Kundalini or central nervous system is sex. Sex is not only the fountain of life, but is also the tree of life. Pure love through the soul, heart, mind, and body, coupled with sex, is magical. So basically, if you're having sex with your partner and your kundalini doesn't activate, it's not your soulmate. Get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) It's trash. Well, shit. I'm just kidding. Don't, like, actually take that to fucking heart, everyone. Thanks, Shelby, because I really thought I was going to have to go home and break up with Cole now. I'm just kidding. I'm not pointing any fingers. Oh, that's so sad. That's horrible. I don't even like that joke. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> well, what does that say? You said yours isn't open either, sweetheart. <laughs> I, don't, I fucking hope it's not. I don't I'm think it is. I don't. I think like if it was open, I think that's something that you would know. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think. Well, like Maybe. some of the stuff you've been describing, like I've I've been through. I've been through the weird breathing thing. Right. Um. I've been through weird dreams, weird feelings. The weird shit in my bed like i've been yeah. through some of it but it was a long time ago it mm-hmm. was like i had to have been like 23 24 it could have happened to you because it says it's months and years of trying to like figure it out but then once you do then you kind of just live that well, life well what happened was is i was doing a shitload of research and trying to study different things and putting things together mm-hmm. and then one day I woke up and I was like, no, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm going to do. And everything kind of just clicked into place. Mm-hmm. I could read my spirit signs. I could do all this. I could do all that. And ever since then, it's just, I fucking hit the ground running and I haven't stopped. Right. And there was a significant chunk of time where like I was genuinely worried that I was going to end up in the fucking loony bin because, oh my God, like I was having like, mood swings. Yeah. I was like, even my vision, mm-hmm. um, it was too bright. I couldn't, I'd have to wear sunglasses all the time. Like, I thought I was losing my mind because, like, my eyes were so fucking sensitive. Yeah. Um, but that was a long time ago. I wonder if that's what happened. I don't know. Huh. It's interesting. Okay, so. I guess we'll never know. If my spine snakes awake. Yeah. We're sleeping. He could still be resting. He can sleep. He can stay asleep. Mine can stay asleep for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, so pure love through the soul heart. I already did this. Huh? This is magical. Okay. okay. The phallus. We all know what a phallus is, You keep right? using words I don't like. <laughs> it's a symbol of the male generative powers through the union of the uterus in the female that brings forth life and light. Okay. That's what I thought. I sure did. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Go back to sleep, Dominic. <laughs> I kind of forgot he was there. It is through the same union that we also can use to help awaken our kundalini, again, which is our central nervous system. Close your ears, Dominic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like awkward now. 
semen and the brain are very similar in chemical composition. What? With both consisting of the most phosphorus that you can find inside oh. your body, other than your bones. Okay. In the brain and the semen, phosphorus is mainly the form of lectition, or whatever, a phosphorized fat. Fuck that word. Huh. A phosphorized fat. One of the methods you can use to conserve the chemical energy is to... This is really... Dominic, go upstairs. (laughs) Sorry, bud. (laughs) Did you hear him? I know. (sighs) Goodbye. Put your plugs in. (laughs) I feel bullied. (laughs) I do too, bud. It's fine. You'll be fine. Just a little weird talking about orgasms with a 12-year-old or 13-year-old behind me. I forgot he was there. I was, too. Like, he's just been dead-ass so asleep. so quiet. And yeah, and like, all of a sudden, he it. pops his fucking head out. Did you just about, say... I know. That's what I was like. Oh, man. Shit. Okay. <sighs> like, I need to, like... One of the methods you can use to conserve the chemical energy is to withdraw before orgasm. Huh? So, to avoid the ejaculation of your phosphorus-rich semen... And not to spill the semen inside the inside or outside of the womb. Why would you so like purposely not come? Uh, yeah, withdraw before you come. But what? I'll tell you. It sounds. It is like, through like the proper balls. management of these sexual energies, such as phosphorus, that we can utilize the chemical properties to awaken all of our sensors. Sensors. So you want to keep that phosphorus sensors. inside you? Yes. Oh no. And tap the inner gnosis encoded within our very DNA. Oh, thank you. So uncontrolled sex takes the higher spiritual or takes the higher spiritual human down to animal form. I'm a old sexual old. beast who is plunged into darkness or madness. I'll, I'll stay right the fuck there. Through their inability to control their animal appetites and chemicals with their own bodies. So with controlled sex, phosphorus rises up the path of your central nervous system, your kundalini. And up your spine to your brain in order for you to see the light is what the wording was. But I think it means for you to awaken. I don't like it. So if you want to awaken, then... Have sex don't and don't come. come. But get close. But pull out first. But said so don't spill it. That's a lot. So I'm assuming that's only for guys because right. girls don't have that. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the math that we were talking about, the male genitalia. Okay, as long as I still get to do what I want to do, I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah, it doesn't affect me. Nope. you do you yeah if that's your choice then fucking live it (laughs) i don't think anybody would purposely do that i don't know at least not on a regular basis no no no, not on a regular basis for sure so kundalini practices so from a seated position extend your arms overhead and shake your arms and your entire upper body and your head like you're made of jello like animals in the wild this type of shaking is how fear anxiety and other emotions are moved through and out of the body. Huh. It also supports great mobility in the spine. When we have a healthy spine, we have a healthy mind. That's my problem. Just Interesting. Kidding. Shoulder stand. When done properly, the yogic masters say 15 minutes of a shoulder stand equals two hours of sleep. Huh? What do you mean? What do you mean? A shoulder stand? What does that mean? The yoga pose when you're on your when you're down and your legs are up and you're on on your shoulders. You want me to stand there like that for 15 minutes? I mean, I'm not asking. And not fall over. <laughs> I would say just um, take two hours of sleep. Just take a nap. Yeah, just take a nap. <laughs> so seated in rock pose, which is when your shins are tucked underneath. Okay. Bring your hands to your shoulder, or bring your hands to shoulders and elbows out wide, and with a tall spine, inhale and turn your spine to the left. Exhale and turn your spine to the right. It's like your spine is a uh, vertical blade in the center of a blender. 
So this one's a, this one's a really good one to do every day. So like, you'll just turn and breathe, turn and breathe. I do that anyways, but I didn't yeah. realize that's what it was doing. Yeah, it just helps your spot, your spine, your um, yeah, your spine. Deep squats. This is my favorite. I love deep squats. <laughs> Perfect. Just kidding. It was kind of a joke this weekend at the bachelor party. <laughs> deep squats with hands and ho- with your hands at your heart. You can roll over the Danielle yoga mat. Danielle just texted me and said, you're talking about me in your podcast. She must have just heard the episode where I said I had a crush on her. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's fun. So let's see where was I at. So deep squats with your hands at your heart. You can roll over the yoga mat to slide under, like roll it up to slide under your heels if you need. But um, with your spine long, bend your knees to drop your bottom towards the ground, keeping your head upright and inhale as you lower. And exhale as you come up. So just some deep squats can help center that. That's the that's one of the practices. My fucking face is I keep making it. Ill. Okay. <laughs> okay. Spinal flexion from a seated cross leg position. This is the way your spine can move if you are riding a camel. Yes, a camel. Since we're sorely lacking in camels these days, mm. right here in America, try moving your chest forward. So your, your head doesn't move, but then um, move your chest forward and then back with your arms along the side. So you're just like pushing your chest out and then back in. Yeah. I've seen, have you done yoga before? Yeah. Okay. The cat pose and shit. Yeah. But not a lot of people know what that fuck is. Um, for maximum health of your spine, this is what, that's what you want to do. This helps open your diaphragm, your chest, and your shoulders as well. So again, just imagine you're on a bumpy ride. It says camel, but I don't know why you can't be like on a horse. Like, what the fuck? Okay. All right. So we live in a goal-oriented world, and it can be tempting to want to rush from point A to point B, especially if point B is spiritual enlightenment and intense connection to our internal energy and just great sex and shit. But don't succumb to that. Kundalini is a practice and does not happen overnight. No. Unless you're Shelby. No, just kidding. No, what? No, when you said you woke up and (laughs) you're like, oh, all this is different. So be mindful. Appreciate that it is a process and then strive for progress, but not for fucking perfection because it's not ever going to be fucking perfect. Okay. It can be frustrating, but be patient because you'll start to be more in touch with your energy soon, but it could be frustrating along the way because it's going to, as you're awakening, you will start to experience the stuff that just might not make sense. Right. And there we have it, folks. Oh, geez. That's our Kundalini for you. Oh boy. There, there's, and like with your topic, there's still way more that there's out there. Oh but dude. We would be here for hours. So, Yoga or yoga, fucking whatever. Um, YouTube, YouTube it, and you can find a lot of shit on there. Well, if you're gonna go down the path of awakening your spine snake, just fucking research a little bit. Right. I would, I would practice regular yoga first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just saying. Well, I think I, the poses in regular or in yoga are what help anyway. So just, I mean, you want to practice those poses to be able to perform them successfully, anyways. Oh, also, we're considering doing a live show situation. Right, like a live recording? Yeah, yeah. like a live recording of Kink Coven. How fun would that be? Yeah. Um, so if you're in Utah, um, let us know. Quite a few people responded and messaged wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably have it pretty small, too. Yeah, because it was brought to my attention. I'm wanting to only have it be like maybe 40 people oh okay yeah that was a little more than i was thinking about um like i'm good with like a hard 20 
Yeah, that's the number I was thinking was 20. Um, But, like, max, they'd go in at 40. Yeah, yeah. But, so we're thinking about doing that. It was brought to our attention. And then, oh, forgot to fucking tell you. So the stickers arrived. Oh, did they? Huh. Oh. <laughs> so they were all square. I had to send them the fuck back. Because, you know how it said, sage that shit, and then it had the skull, and then it said save our souls? Right. So, like, sage that shit was almost all the way cut off. And, like, it was just this, like, the skeleton in the fucking moon. Yeah, it was all, like, moved up, and then it said, save our souls, and then there was, like, a whole fucking black area at the bottom. What the hell? Yeah, but all of them were, the coffin was, like, cut off halfway. Like, listen. I bet you were so disappointed when you got those. I emailed them the nicest email I think I've ever sent. Wow. Go, Shelby. lit (laughs) as fuck. Well, not even that. They took forever to get here, Mm -hmm. and then when they did get here, they were jacked. Yeah. So I was like... Your mom's a hoe. Mm-hmm. Your mom's send, mom's a hoe. So either send me my new shit mm-hmm. or I'm waiting for the email back because I told them that I want like a 72-hour turnaround. Like I want that shit back immediately. Yeah. Or I want a refund immediately. And I right. mean an entire refund. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. So that's what's going on with stickers. Well, oh, they're coming along slowly but surely. I'm still trying to figure out how to fucking manage or use Patreon. I mm-hmm. still don't entirely understand it. Um, I'm not good at electronics. Well, now that I'm done with school, I can start doing more stuff with it, so. I'm not great, but mm. I know some stuff. <sighs> we all, we all, like, get quiet. I think we all just need to let our energies just, like, rebalance yeah. back out after just, this. What the fuck, man? Right. Okay, well, I'm going to take Kenzie home, so I guess I should tell you guys to sage that shit. And save our souls. Wait. Rewind. Wait. Pause. Wait. Go back. Okay. Are you going to do your code thing for your oh, store? Right. Oh, just I do spine should, snake. Think, spine snake. Perfect. Let's do it. Send it. Love it. Perfect. Okay. Now for real. Stage that shit. And save our souls. 